Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are back once again for another Game Shot, the Fallout Bar here at Online Dart. Uh, it's myself, Jack Gobby Garwood, not joined by Lee Boys tonight, making his debut on our visual content is Mr. Liam Riley. Liam, thank you very much for joining us. Um, when we spoke earlier, we probably had a different thing in mind as to how tonight's show was going to go, but the darts hasn't quite given it us, has it? I'm not sure it was quite what we expected <laughs> when we spoke earlier on. It has probably been the complete opposite uh, of what we were expecting. Uh, a little bit dull, um, to be honest, but look, we, I don't think... We would have hoped for better, but it is what it is now. Yeah, completely agree. This is your first taste of the live chat room as well. Hello, welcome to everybody in there. Don't forget to say hello and we'll get your comments flashing up on screen as we do throughout the show. Uh, don't forget to follow us on social media as well. L- nice early plug. Drop a like on the video. Come on, guys. You've been here all week. You know how this works now. Drop a like, get involved in the chat room and subscribe to the channel so you do not miss any of our roundups. So that being said, there is only one more left this week. Um, saying hello to everybody. How many scoops of you do I have? 16? No, uh, barely two, to be honest. Welcome, Liam from Malachi. Look, I'll get that up on the screen. Proper regular in here. Uh, Missy, true that. Not what I expected. Uh, talking about the darts tonight. Um, I think what we should do then, mate, is is just get stuck into it, to be honest. A very good place to start. Uh, first game. This is probably the better game. Although if we'd sat here earlier in the week, two nights ago even, and said that all four quarterfinals were going to be won, where the losing player does not get to 10 legs, we'd have been laughed out of the room. But that is the case. And it started off tonight with Peter Wright demolishing at times, Michael Smith, 16-7. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at the stats from this one, there's not a whole difference between the two in terms of averages, double percentage. You're thinking that's got, got to be closer than a 16-7. But this week, Peter Wright has, has looked so comfortable. Uh, and it was another one of them performances tonight that just didn't look like he was going to lose. Um, Smith, look, we, we probably expected it to be closer on paper. It should have been closer than what it was. But Wright looks like the man to beat at the moment, doesn't he? Completely. There were times in this game where, well, he finished with a 99 average, but there was a time when the gap between them was nearly 10 legs at one point. And... He hadn't done a thing wrong with Michael Smith. He's been so solid this week without massively hitting the scores, I guess. His finishing has been steady enough. It was still steady enough tonight. He's only a percent behind Peter Wright. But it just didn't quite click for him into that extra gear that he needed to find, did it? Yeah, and that's what you spoke about. Didn't quite get the scores. And I think that when we spoke earlier on, we said Michael Smith was going to have to outscore Peter Wright to win this match, and he didn't. 
Um, I think it was he had 25 more doubles than Michael Smith tonight, which means straight away that the score he scored bigger than Michael Smith. And there was no way he was going to win that purely down to Dublin pressure finishing that he would have had to take out to win the game. Um, and Peter Rice, yeah, his doubles weren't quite where they, they usually are. They're a bit lower than they were, but he'd done what he had to do. And in a, in, in a quarter final, we can see this evening doing what you have to do can get you into a semi-final. Yeah, look, I, I don't want this to sound harsh, but do you think a little bit of complacency snuck into Peter's game towards the end? Because he was so comfortable, so far ahead, playing so, so well, that he did give that opportunity for Smith to make that score look a little bit more respectable, perhaps, because he was just coasting when he only needed three legs left to win the match. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it was sloppy near the end. Um I mean, he was, what was it, nine legs we said he was ahead. He needed three more to win. Uh, got it back to 13-7, I think, Smith at one stage. Um, grabbed a few back, probably made it look a little bit more respectable. I mean, it could have been it could have been 16-4, 16-3. I mean, he really did leave him uh, salvage a bit of pride at the end. But definitely, I mean, it, it was cruise control. A brilliance. I mean, that's what we've come to expect from Peter Wright. And he's made it, he makes it look... Normal 100 average it makes it look like somebody else's 92. Um, but yeah, brilliant, brilliant performance. Getting what getting the job done. What a controversial opinion, complacency. Yeah, look, at one point in this game, Peter Wright was averaging 104, nearly 105, and looking in absolute cruise control. That dropped towards the end of the match because he was so comfortable so far ahead. The performance from Wright lost a little bit of intensity for me. It's not a criticism. The man's just run out of 16-7. Victor has mopped up the game comfortably and is into a semi-final tomorrow. Like he promised everybody before this event, he was going to go on and win it. Yeah. Last couple of legs just lacked that little bit of oomph for performance, perhaps, that would have kept the crowd invested in the game, I think, because a result was pretty much already in the bag and they sort of died off towards the end. Yeah, I mean, he averaged in the third session, he averaged 112. So if it was going to go up from that, <laughs> that, that, that was not going to happen. So it was always going to come down a little bit. Um, I suppose when the, the, the gap was so big, I'm, I'm sure that he probably did take his foot off the gas a little bit. Um, as is normal, I, I don't think he was ever, ever going to be salvaged back or he was going to make some mir- miraculous comeback from Smith. It just wasn't going to happen. Um, and 100 was probably kind of, uh, I was surprised when that popped up at the end that it was only 100, only 100, we say only 100, but uh, his performance certainly warranted, it seemed like it was a higher average throughout the throughout the, the match. Yeah, completely agree. Um, at this time, what we will normally do now is drop you in a little clip of the post-match conference from the victor of each game. Uh, that'll be starting with Peter Wright. Don't forget, guys, once we do finish tonight, head over to our YouTube channel and you can watch these interviews in full. And whilst you're there, we're going to ask that once more time what's up on the screen. Don't forget to like today's show. And while you're there, like to that video, subscribe to the channel and get involved with a comment. So here is Peter Wright in his post-match conference after his 16-7 win over Michael Smith today. What, talking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just do it to wind them all up or if they if they bite they bite if they don't don't ignore me or don't watch you know that's it that's all it is it's like people don't there's a lot of people out i've got loads of fans but i've got loads of people who hate me but still tune in to see what crazy trousers and stupid hair, hair do i have 
but that's, that's just the way the world is, you know. It's uh, that's it. So it's I'm backing up what I've said so far. So. It's always been a character, as Peter, right? And after last night's debate, that's exactly where I'm going to leave that because we're not getting into that again. Um, we were there for quite a while. <laughs> uh, on to game number two from this evening. And a game that, let's be honest, it, it wasn't great. There was a lot of build-up to this game, a lot of expectation. Um, Nathan Aspinall has been in superb form this week, has played some fantastic darts, but it just did not click tonight at all for him. 90 averages, he went down 16.9 to Marco Van Gogh, and he only averaged 94 himself. Yeah, I mean, we sat, we're back to back 180s at the start. The atmosphere was electric, and I sat there thinking, this is going to go off. It had all the, the whole, it seemed like it was going to be a classic. Um, extra time was, it looked like it was inevitable after that, the two 180s at the start, and it went dramatically downhill after after that i mean um it's safe to say that they were probably the, there was probably the highlight of the match the two 180s at the start it was like i said to you earlier on scrappy 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 um very very poor to be honest uh, i think we both expected everyone expected a, a a tighter contest um and it just came down to who could hit the missed doubles this they seem to have um struggle on all night yeah the first mini session, the first five legs, I, I thought we were going to get more from the game. Okay, Nathan had missed starts to win pretty much every leg in that first mini session, but still got out of it 3-2. There was a little bit of fight about him, but he never really managed to to take that with him into the next mini session. And Van Gogh wins the first two sessions, 3-2, 3-2. And after that, Asp just he's just struggling. There, there's nothing there for him. His range seemed to go... For his first start, it wasn't in the top of the treble bed that many could follow it in. It was high, it was low, it was absolutely all over the place. And no matter what he tried, it just would not change his fortune tonight. Yeah, and like um, we know Nathan Aspinall is one of the biggest grafters in a match. I mean, he, he he salvages legs that he probably shouldn't win. And we see that against Gary Anderson. That's what gets him over these line, gets him over the line in these tight matches. But when when he's trying too hard to win the legs and, and mentally get him himself into the right space. That's not even talking about Michael Van Gerwen, who he's trying to beat anyway. Um, he just seemed like the more he tried, the harder it was getting and, and more of an uphill battle the match was going to be from him. Um, and look, we, we've seen battling from MVG. He didn't exactly have it all his own way either, did he? No, he, he, well, he definitely didn't. He averaged 94, 37%. Him and Peter Wright finished on exactly the same doubling stats tonight. 16 hits out of 43 attempts. A staggering amount of missed darts at double in this match. A combined 54 darts at double missed between Van Gerwen and Nathan Aspinall. Which, to put that in context, the last three legs, Marco Van Gerwen wrapped up the match in 36 darts. There was that little bit of burst, but it sort of came a little bit too late for anybody to get excited about it because it was so lost in the game by that point. Yeah, and I mean, like the best leg of the match, like we said, an 81, or it was an 11 darts to finish off. It kind of seemed, ah, uh, uh, well, it, the game was over, then it didn't really matter. It was, it was, had gone too far. It had been too poor of a match to, to be salvaged, even with an 11 darts to finish off. Um, 
MVG just there's there's signs there's little little signs that were treated to every little match that it's the MVG of old but it just there's not enough at the moment and there's certainly not enough to suggest that he's going to go any further than a semi-final especially in the the form that Peter Wright is in even though he missed them doubles tonight like if if he plays this with any any way remotely like this again he's just doing enough to get over the line and I, look he's in a semi-final that's what he'll say um, but performance wise. It was dull from uh, the green machine. <laughs> Cash-wise for MVG, it keeps him within touching distance of the top two in the world that are sort of starting to edge away recently. MVG's cash total is diminishing on that world ranking. You've got Gerwin Price as well, number one, Peter Wright, number two. Um, tomorrow's a big, big game for that battle between two and three. Okay, it doesn't mean a lot in terms of seeding and where they're going to fall throughout the year. Um because eventually they will run into each other as a semi-final rather than on the opposite side or, or run into Gerwin Price. But just that bragging right between those two, there's always that little bit of bravado between the pair that actually tomorrow between them could mean quite a bit. Yeah, and I mean, form could go out the window completely tomorrow Tomorrow night. Uh, we could see uh, ridiculous averages um, like we like we saw on the last uh, Pro Tour um, on the last day. I mean, that was just utterly ridiculous, the game that we saw on the last day where Peter Wright eventually ran out uh, as the winner. Um, but there is there is a bit of a spark between these two when they go head-to-head. We've seen the war words between them um, in the past uh, about who is, who, who is the better one of the two. Um, but certainly, look, with hopefully MVG has to has to up his game going into that game tomorrow night. And that's what we want to see. We don't want to see uh, another 90-odd average, low 90s average with uh, uh, 37% on the doubles because that certainly won't make box office viewing for us again. Box office. That word has been thrown around far <laughs> too often this week for my liking. Um <laughs> MVG's interview isn't quite ready yet. The man is still talking or it's still being edited, uh, possibly. Either way, he's doing his very best Dimitri Vandenberg impression and keeping everybody waiting by chatting. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to look ahead to tomorrow's semifinals. Then if we get a chance uh, and the MVG clip is ready, we will play that for you. And then because we're so early tonight and because... We're absolutely flying through this as well. If you've got any questions in the chat room, guys, we'll stick around for five minutes tonight or so and we'll answer them as well, given it's Liam's first stint in front of the camera. I didn't warn him about that, but, you know, throw him in at the deep end and sink or swim time. So, um, tomorrow night, World Match Play semifinals. First up, the defending champion, Dmitry Vandenberg, against the Polish eagle, Krzysztof Ratajski, who, for my money, has gone very much under the radar throughout this tournament. But after the result yesterday, Vandenberg beating Price, he will prefer that to playing the world number one, surely. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, there's still that talk about Ratajski. Yes, he's got to a semi-final, but that's the end of the road, isn't it? I mean, and he, he keeps going one more. Yes, he came out of that... That uh, relatively easier quarter, as we, we as we put it, um, to get through to the semi final. But look, he would prefer to be. He wants. He doesn't want to talk about him. He will go do his business as he has done in the first couple of rounds, uh, and he has nothing to lose tomorrow night. It's the first major semi final for Rotaisky in the PDC, um, and 
he will go out there with nothing to lose. Uh, and that's a dangerous player, whoever that is. If they have nothing to lose in a match, he could cause some problems for Dimi. Uh, Dimi has everything to lose. He has the, he's the defending champion. Like you said, he has had that big scalp in price. And we have seen before when somebody occasionally, when a, a big seed or a big a player gets a result that they can tend to drop off in the next match. So it's I don't think it's going to be all one-way traffic tomorrow night. Uh, and Ratajski could surprise a few of us. Yeah, Ratajski, it's fair to say he hasn't really had the crowd on his side throughout this all. The crowd have been a massive factor, by the way. It's fantastic having the crowd back. It, it, like, live sport is nothing without fans. And I absolutely cannot believe the Olympics started today and nobody's going to be there to watch them. But that, that is beyond a joke to me. Um, <laughs> and yes, Dimmy is a crowd favourite, but they don't really have a song for Dimmy, do they? And that makes me think that Christoph is going to have that little bit more leniency from the crowd tomorrow. I don't think they're going to get on him as much as they have done in the earlier rounds. No, and it surprises me that Ratajski has become this kind of pantomime villain for the crowd, considering that he isn't remotely like Gowan Price or anyone else that could do something to... Careful, careful, we'll get lynched. The crowd. <laughs> we are certainly on one side of the fence here. Uh, in terms of big celebrations, etc. But uh, yeah, look, he it didn't seem to bother him that too much. He got the, or too much. He got the job done, even though he had that bit of uh, um, aggravation from the crowd. So we may say, but maybe he he wants that. Um, that is the underdog status. Dimmy is going to be the favourite going into the the match tomorrow night. Uh, and like I said, I think that, that he's done what it's worked for him so far. So why why can't it carry on tomorrow night? Definitely the toughest test he has faced so far. There's no doubt about that. Um, but look, he has the capability. We've seen it on the pro tour. We've seen it on the floor. We've been expecting this for a long time, that Ratajski is going to finally make that break um, in, in a major t- a tournament. And, and this could be his time. It could, it could, it could indeed. You know what's coming next, mate? Score prediction for this one. How do you see it going? Dimmy wins it and I reckon he wins by five um, 17-12 then is what you're going for yeah I reckon 17-12 I just think the consistency of Dimmy um, when he's in the groove it doesn't look like he misses and I think that Ratajski that will the occasion get to him maybe it will um, so I just think Dimmy looks comfortable and I, 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 as much as I think Ratajski could uh, make it closer than it is, I don't see Dimmy losing it. So I reckon about 17-12 to Dimmy tomorrow night. 17-12, interesting. I, I think you're right with the winner. As, as good as Christoph is, there's been times where he's just looked that little bit tetchy where he's missed batches of doubles all in one go. He's, he's missed the three in hand or four or five rather than missing one or two here and there. And I just think they're the moments that Dimmy's got that opportunity to strike and potentially break that Ratajski throw because he is so, so solid on his own throw. He's incredibly difficult to beat. He just doesn't let anything go. Um, so I think it goes a little bit closer. I'm going to say 17-14. I think he gets within three. He, he's got the stay in power, I think, as Ratajski. Um, He's just solid on his own throw. So I don't see Ratajski, uh, Dimmy bashing out too far in front. Uh Paul says 17-8 to Dimmy. Yeah. 
bit harsh. <laughs> I think he will. Do a little, little that little. is the two plague breaks at the very, very last moment. Um, and a lot of people giving us Peter Wright predictions already as well, which interestingly is where we're going to next. Um, current form, there is absolutely only one winner in this, surely. Yeah, I mean, um, anyone back in MVG on this current form is looking into the past a little bit. Um, look, we want to see the MVG turn up, the one we've known that has has won numerous titles. He's smashed massive records. But like we said earlier on, with the Premier League averages, the performances, one week it was brilliant, the next week it was very mediocre. Uh, and we just we can't predict at the moment what's gonna what's gonna uh, happen when MVG takes to the stage. Um, so look, I reckon Wright beats him. And I don't reckon it's going to be as close as uh, it would be, as you would suggest on paper. So I reckon it's going to be 17-11. Big margin, big margin for the for the old rivalry. Look, for me, Pete, what Peter Wright is doing right now shows what he can do when he consistently sticks with a set of darts. And it's always going to be the conversation surrounding him but he won a pro tour and then he's won what three games to get here already that's 10 straight now possibly more without working the maths out of top of my head he had an okay super series before that but he's been building up to this sort of level of performance and surely it just clicks tomorrow as well the worry for me is does he do it against Dimitri in the final because I think tomorrow is very very one-sided in that second semi-final Van Gerwen will produce moments of brilliance I have no doubt about that because that's what he does and he would love to do it even more against Peter Wright than probably anybody else in the world but it's does he have that staying power to constantly deliver the 102, 103 average over possibly 33 or more legs and I'm just not sure he's got that in him at the minute because we're not seeing it over the shorter period so I'm going to go snaky as well which is... (laughs) Pretty one-sided in our predictions tonight, but so were me and Lee last night, and only one of them came off, I think. So, um, Peter Wright for me as well, and I'm going to say, I'm going to say 17-10. I think it's pretty mm-hmm. far off. Luke says 17-8, 17-12 to snake by. I mean, these are all these are all predictions made on current form. I would suggest. I mean, anything else than that is ludicrous because you can't say, oh, it's MVG 2017, 2018 against current in-farm right because everything suggests that it's going to be a right win tomorrow night. Somewhere in the background, Phil Bars is pulling out what relatively little ginger hair he still has on his head because we've both just backed against his boy. But to be fair, me and Lee backed against him last night and it paid off for him. So, you know, Van Gerwen got over the line against Aspinall tonight. Uh, still waiting on that video clip. So, guys, if you do have any questions, fire them in for the next couple of minutes or so uh, while we're waiting for you to get them into the chat room. Uh, just a quick reminder, a massive thank you to all of our sponsors for making this happen. You can see them up on screen right now. Uh, Modus, Red Dragon, Winmore, and Betfred, who are the title sponsors of the World Match Play for making all of this happen. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel. And like I said, jump, drop a couple of comments into the bottom and we will answer 
them now. I'm going to start, Liam, because nobody really knows about your darting background. So do you play? What do you throw? And are you any good? Because that's normally the questions that normally go into the chat. Yes, I do play 22 gram Gary Anderson darts. They don't flow as nicely as he's now, to be honest. Um, I up and down, 70 averages probably there or thereabouts where I'm at at the moment. Um, very frustrating in the current climate when we can't over here currently get into pubs and play people. So Dark Connect has, or Down Current has got a fair battering now over the last year and a half. Um, but unfortunately, the computer wins more than I do. Um, yeah. That is always the way. Right, let's jump into some questions. Paul says, poor standard of ball hitting, or am I being silly? Um, opening night, there seem to be quite a few, because I remember our uh, um, recommended bet for that evening was four or more bullseye finishes, and it came in pretty comfortably, I believe. But since then, yeah, I completely agree. There's been a lot of attempts and yeah. not a great success rate, or so it feels. A lot of wide attempts. Um yeah. Not even hitting the 25 segment. I know Callum Reeds was brilliant on the bullseye in, in uh, early in the tournament. That's the only one that's really springing to mind uh, that consecutively done it in a match. Uh, but even tonight, some of the, the, the efforts at 25 were uh, were poor. Or bullseye, sorry. Next question. Live lounge on Monday, return of Live League. Yes to both. Uh, Live League will be back on Monday morning. Uh, head over to the Live League Twitter, and I think Modus tweeted it as well for an early look at the lineup that was released earlier in the week. Uh, and Live Lounge will be back on Monday night. There will not be a fallout bar on Sunday after the final uh, because then we have absolutely nothing to talk about come Monday night. I'm sure we're going to debate last night's action a little bit more so that Villager can have their say. Um, but we will be back for the Live Lounge on Monday night reviewing the final, uh, reviewing the MAD event that's currently going on as well. That's live on YouTube. I think the World Final's going on at the minute, um, so that might not be on for much longer. Um, and yeah, basically we're back for that next one. Who wins the Seniors Darts? I'll leave that one for you to go first, Liam. Who are you backing to pick up the World Senior title? Just so we know, I'm putting it out there, Martin Adams is my favourite player by a distance. So when I say that he will win it, that is completely biased. Look, <laughs> we don't do bias here at online dance, <laughs> on it. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I suppose I, I know you boys have spoken about it a lot. The, the players who have had match practice, competitive match practice, are obviously going to have a, a, a huge advantage. Um, Taylor, as well as starts as a massive favourite, I presume that he is going to get involved more with competitive action. Um, etc. Towards uh, February time, but as it stands, if it was played tomorrow. You've got to be. You can't really look past the likes of Burnett. Uh, Adams has played a lot. Um, Robert Fortin has played. Is in there. Whether he gets his torque out back or etc. Depends on that. But definitely the ones who are uh, having that, are getting that match practice in at the moment, have to be uh, the favourites going into the tournament. Who do? Who is your uh, outside? Oh, yeah. Who's my? Who's my pick? Um, I don't. I, I, I like the look of Kev Painter today. I thought he was throwing really, really well. Wayne Warren's obviously playing pretty uh, decent at the minute. Although from what I heard, um, I don't. That was Jared Cole playing. 
No, yeah. apparently Cole is doing very, very well against Wayne in the mad final right now. Um, Thornton played very well, very well on the Pro Tour recently. You can't write Phil Taylor off at any point. The man could still come back. The amount of records he still holds. The amount of times his name's been thrown around on social media. He's had 2,404 plus averages at the match play, I think it is. And the next in that table are Peter Wright and MVG on three. Yeah, I, I mean... The man's they're... a machine, but... But he's not the best of all time. He's, he's the greatest, but not the best. Yeah, they are almost unbelievable, some of them stats. And I, I yeah. just wonder how how much of a difference I feel for some of the the lower players in the field. I know, look, we don't have the lower. They're all successful. But some of these players who haven't had much Mac practice and maybe won't be able to replicate anywhere near their form at their peak if he draws one of them in the first round, he would probably do what he has done his whole career um, and annihilate people. <laughs> just as I say that, I've just had a notification. Jared Cole is currently 8-2 up against Wayne Warren in the last ever mad world title belt as that becomes the world global title ahead of their world championships announcement. Um, on to Missy's question. My question is when Smith playing... You can see him give up and he never seems to be able to snap out of it again. Why is this? Look, I just think sometimes you know what you're capable of on that night. It's not the best mentality for a sportsman. And there are plenty of scenarios in the past in literally every sport that tell you you should never give up. But at the same time, the nine times out of ten, you know what you're capable of in that moment. And if you're not capable of finding extra gear and you're relying on your opponent to switch off, just get over and done with yeah, and, and look, Smith is, is is a brilliant player, but I just believe this might happen sometimes against the, the best players. Um, mentally, I don't know if there's a little bit of a block there sometimes when he knows, like you said, that them players aren't going to leave him back in or aren't going to drop off, that he knows maybe that his chances could have gone and when the doubles start going astray, that he's not going to be able to claw back the them extra legs that he needs to do. Um, but certainly uh, ability-wise... It's look. It's hard to say that he gives up. I don't think anyone gives. I don't think he he gives up. Uh, he just finds it a lot. It's a lot more obvious when he's playing on the bigger stage against the bigger players when he can't get it back and he gets frustrated with himself more than give up. I would say. Yeah. Right. A couple of quick fire ones. Hopefully, so that we're not taking up too many people's time. Uh, the boss is in the chat room. He says, "Question: Who is world champion? Uh, Wayne Warren and Mikuru Suzuki, mate." Then, then be the answers. That's all you need to know. The other one doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to get involved. Get me that video as well so we can end the show. Um, has the quality of the, this year's match play been disappointing in your opinion? Um, yeah, I can see why you can say that. I mean, how many have... like? I have another question for you now in a minute, God, but... I don't think any of the games have been really close and really exciting like we expected. Look, it's always going to be difficult for them to determine the crowds, um, the, how the players respond to the crowd. It was always going to be difficult. I mean, they've played a year and a half basically behind closed doors with no crowd there. So but suddenly when you have 2,000 people uh, shouting and hollering behind you, it's going to be a little bit difficult. Um yeah, but look, that has that that could change in the next two days now, big time. If we have uh, two epic semi-finals and a final, that'll all be forgotten about very, very quickly. I'm not sure what your opinion on that is. Whether it's been, I think it's been okay as a tournament. I think as we see the gap breached between 
the players coming in and, and the top levels, that's coming narrow and narrow. That just makes the games a little bit more tense. We're not seeing them run away with 104, 105 averages like we have done in the past. I don't think the heat will have helped. The amount of players that have been spent the last 18 months playing televised events in thermal base layers because they've been in arenas with no fans. It just means it's absolutely freezing cold. This is the complete opposite. The players aren't used to it. Um I'm, they're just not Phil Taylor, are they? So, you know, the match plays a bit special when he gets up and gets going. Um, so, yeah, no, it, it's been an okay tournament. It's been a, a good spectacle. It's been entertaining. There have been um, moments of, of magic and brilliance. Um, but, yeah, not quite. Yeah, and I was just going to jump in there and say, do, we, do you reckon now there's going to be any of the games, the remaining three games are going to go the distance or we're going to have extra legs played in them than what? Because we haven't seen many of them so far and that's normally of an indication of a good tournament sometimes in the match play when they do go that extra leg or two um, and you have, this, this have to win by two legs. Do you reckon it, it, we could get one of them in the next couple of games? I hope so. If, if we're going to get a two clear leg decider classic, I think it's going to be the final. I reckon Dimitri and Peter are more than capable of just going up there and for nearly two hours lumping each other with haymaker after haymaker and they just get back up and throw one straight back at them. It's just going to be one of those games, I think, but it's long. They score ridiculously well. The pace of each other will suit each other. They won't try anything stupid. I don't think they've got a lot of respect for each other in that regard and they will just get on and and play darts. And I think, I don't want to sit here and say I don't want to see Retiree or Van Gogh in the final, but in terms of entertainment, the final that I think everybody wants to see is Dimitri Vandenberg against Peter Wright, especially because that little backstory about Dimmy being his house guest before he went and picked up this tournament this time last year, you've got that intriguing side of it and they do have that relationship as well. Like, I just think that's the best spectacle we're going to see. Yeah, and I definitely think that's a, that was a story in the making since we knew the rise of Dimitri Vandenberg last year since he's practiced with Peter Wright, that it was always going to come with some kind of collision course at some stage at a big, uh, in a big tournament. And look, like I said, like you said, that could have the potential to be leg, 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 two legs maybe, but never going to be a runaway because they're so solid, um, so difficult to break on their own throw. Um, but look, we don't want to be jumping to any conclusions. This, yeah. There's a lot of darts we play before yeah. Sunday evening. Still no sign of the MVG clip. The man's probably doing his best Dimmy impression and a lot of Dutch waffle instead of Belgian waffle. Um, so with that, guys, I think what we're going to do is we are going to leave it there for tonight, especially for those people that are listening back as a podcast only. Uh, we will be back tomorrow night for all of your roundup from the two semifinals. Um, and you can join us here as soon as they finish once again. Uh, a big, big thank you to everybody that has joined in the chat room tonight. Uh, it's been really, really entertaining and a great, great debut for Liam. I'm sure you will all agree. Um, don't forget to join and follow us on all of our social media. Um, like, comment and subscribe to the channel. It really does help us out. Um, and then you won't miss us when we go live again tomorrow. Uh, all that's left to do then is to say thank you very much for watching once again. Uh, and good night and we'll see you tomorrow.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.